This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Taylor Palmer, a lead analyst at Ibisworld. Here with me today are Anya Cohen and Madeline Hurley, both of whom cover the retail industries here. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the dynamics of the sector. Madeline, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with retailers? It seems like every day there's another slew of store closings. Sure, Taylor. So there really is a lot changing in the retail sector. Brick and mortar stores are experiencing a lot of competition from e-tailers who are better adjusting to shifting consumer preferences. Brick and mortar stores have adjusted in a variety of ways, but to varying success. One of the biggest trends we're seeing is brick and mortar stores adding their own e-commerce sites in order to compete with online only retailers like Amazon. Another thing that we're seeing is a shift towards both off-price and private label goods. Retail companies are also adjusting store formats to better match consumer tastes. This can range from large-scale remodels to small cosmetic enhancements. Well, it certainly seems like there's a lot affecting the sector. Anya, can you tell me a little bit more about competition from online retailers? Why are some consumers increasingly shifting toward online shopping? Yeah, absolutely, Taylor. So there's a couple reasons why consumers are turning to online shopping. First off, there's an inherent added convenience to shopping online. Consumers are able to shop from the comfort of their homes or purchase things on the fly with just the click of a mouse. Shoppers are also going online because it saves time. Instead of trucking out to a store, consumers can save themselves the time and quickly purchase things that they need from their home computer. Not to mention, it's really easy to price compare online. Shoppers can Google a product that they want to buy and sort through the results to find the cheapest option, a thing that, as you know, is much harder to do and much more time-consuming in person. So it seems like there are definitely a lot of reasons to shop online. How are brick-and-mortar stores responding to this sort of competition? That's a really good question. Um, One way that shoppers are responding to this is by creating e-commerce websites themselves, so therefore they're adopting an omni-channel retail concept. And how is this omni-channel concept working out for brick-and-mortar retailers? It's working out better for some than it is for others. Uh, Department stores are a really good example of a place where this is working. The omni-channel trend is well-suited for department stores, especially those selling high-end goods, since department store products compete less on price, but rather on brand name and design elements. Can you give me an example of one of the products that fits this description? Oh, for sure. Um, Jeans would be a really good example, since purchasing jeans is based on consumer tastes. Most shoppers won't just Google jeans and buy the first pair that pops up because that would be a disaster, Um, but they're more likely instead to visit e-commerce websites of reputable retailers like Nordstrom or Bloomingdale's so that they can satisfy their particular taste with these non-homogenous goods. While some online retailers might offer cheaper jeans, consumers are generally weary of purchasing branded jeans that they aren't familiar with since they don't know the quality or the fit of the product. That's great. Department stores seem like they've been in the news quite a bit recently for sluggish brick and mortar sales. So this concept seems like it's really working out for them. Are there any other industries that might not be adapting so well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Industries that sell homogenous goods have generally failed to compete against e-tailers. So office supply stores, which sell homogenous goods like pens and paper, have little leverage to distinguish their products from goods sold by online-only retailers like Amazon. So the generic nature of these goods encourages consumers to shop based exclusively on price, availability, and convenience. And as a result, consumers looking to buy pens, for example, are likely to purchase the cheapest option rather than seek out specific pens from a known and reputable office supply store. In short, 
when personal taste is less of a factor, consumers are more likely to shop online. So people aren't necessarily going to the store specifically for Bic pens nowadays. Shifting gears, let's talk a little bit about store brand goods. Madeline, you mentioned these before. Why are they becoming more popular for retailers? So it's been more crucial than ever for retailers to strike the balance between product quality and price, especially as the retail sectors become more competitive. One way that retailers are doing this is through these private label or store branded goods. These products have been around for decades, but recently retailers have been pushing for these. Traditionally, they've been perceived as the bargain option or the inferior brand, but retailers have recently been making improvements on product quality and packaging in order to entice consumers to buy them. And these items generally earn higher profit margins than national brand merchandise, and they're also cheaper alternatives. So they've really morphed into a win-win for both the consumer and the retailer. So what sort of industries is this trend most prominent in? The grocery stores and supermarket industry is the largest seller of private label goods. Some operators in this industry, like Trader Joe's and Aldi, sell almost exclusively store-branded goods. In recent years, these stores have grown so popular that other retailers, like Whole Foods, often dubbed Whole Paycheck, are copying them with their own limited assortment concept stores. Um, The example of this with Whole Foods is Whole Foods 365. Warehouse clubs and super centers have also been expanding and improving their private label offerings. Costco in particular has been pushing their Kirkland Signature brand. Essentially, stores that sell fairly homogenous products are able to utilize the store brand. That's really interesting. So how are retailers that sell more expensive and brand name items staying competitive? Anya mentioned before that clothing retailers rely pretty heavily on brand recognition and loyalty. Exactly. Brick and mortar clothing and department stores that sell almost exclusively higher priced branded goods have really been hit hard by price competition. This as well as online competition has driven many brick and mortar companies to cut back on their locations. One type of department store that's actually been pretty immune to this uh, is off price stores. So stores like Nordstrom Rack and TJ Maxx have grown rapidly, even with the falling mall foot traffic and online competition. These stores offer value to consumers by providing the name brand items that traditional department stores have at heavily slashed prices. So what is it about these type of stores that make them a little bit more immune to online competition? Well, actually, many of these stores have launched their own e-commerce sites, But on a brick and mortar level, these stores offer a sort of thrill of the chase, not always found while shopping online. The inventory in off-price stores is extremely varied and doesn't always match directly with merchandise and prices found on the internet. So shopping for them can be more of a treasure hunt than just perusing the internet. Off-price stores really give consumers the notion that they're getting a good deal. So physically finding the deal is something that you can't quite approximate online. Now, you guys mentioned before that some of these stores are also adjusting their formats as well as their product portfolios to better match consumer tastes. Anya, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So lots of brick and mortar businesses are undergoing structural changes as an extra attempt to compete with external competition. This trend manifests in many different ways. Um, Sometimes you'll see a store expanding in physical size to better accommodate customer needs, and other times you'll see a store slimming down to create a more palatable experience for the shopper. So why would decreasing a store's size help an operator compete? That's a really good question, Taylor. Uh, For one thing, downsizing the floor space reduces rent and utility expenses, which has helped brick-and-mortar stores maintain profit margins in this increasingly difficult operating environment. But furthermore, many consumers find smaller store formats to be more enjoyable. Um, It's a little bit more palatable, a little less overwhelming, um, and that helps attract customers. Sure. So there are some definite benefits to downsizing. 
but why would a retailer want to bump up its square footage? Yeah, absolutely. These expanding stores attract consumers due to the time savings that one-stop shop formats can provide. Um, For example, many department stores have added fresh groceries to their product portfolios in order to attract time-strapped shoppers who want to make all of their purchases under one roof. So they'll make it so that consumers don't have to go to both a grocery store as well as a clothing store or a specialty retailer. Uh, That's great. But if these consumers are so time-strapped, why don't they just shop online? I mean, some of them are, um, but to better attract customers who may turn to the internet to save time, some operators are trying to increase the value of the shopping experience in the brick-and-mortar store itself. Operators are doing this in a variety of ways, but you mostly see it through the incorporation of technology and concept stores. Um, Some stores have inherent value added that comes from visiting the physical store. So if you think about cosmetic stores, they are able to maintain consumer interest in their brick-and-mortar locations because... In these stores, shoppers have the chance to try makeup on before they buy it. You know, if you think about your concealer, you want to make sure it matches your skin tone before you shell out the big bucks for it. Um, But even that sometimes isn't enough to keep consumers coming in. So many cosmetic retailers are experimenting with concept stores. So for example, Sephora launched its beauty tip workshops in 2015, where consumers can follow makeup tutorials on these um, store-supplied iPads. By adding this interactive station and tapping into consumer interest in technology, Sephora stores are able to entice shoppers who might otherwise purchase their cosmetic products through online retailers. That's really interesting. So why aren't all stores trying to take advantage of this and open concept stores to increase their value add? Well, many are trying, but not all industries are equipped to do this. For example, operators in the bookstores industry are similarly attempting to attract customers by providing a value-added store format and attractive ambiance. Several bookstores are now providing in-house coffee shops with refreshments and comfortable chairs that they're using to lure in consumers. However, bookstores are not quite as successful at attracting customers to their brick-and-mortar stores as, say, cosmetic stores. And this is mostly because books are homogenous products that consumers do not often care about trying before they buy. As a result, many consumers are price comparing on websites like Amazon in order to find the cheapest books. That's great. So we've talked a little bit about the state of the retail sector as it is right now, but Madeline, I'd love to get your take on where you think the sector is going moving forward. Sure, Taylor. So we expect some similar trends to continue over the next five years. Thousands of brick and mortar stores are expected to close as e-commerce is set to reach over 13% of total retail sales. Price competition will also persist as consumers are expected to be about as value driven as ever. Uh, Many more retailers will shift operations online, while others will experiment with new store formats um, and also investing heavily in store improvements and innovation and technology. Overall, adjusting to shifting consumer preferences and habits will be the key for retailers to really remain relevant. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. That's all we've got for you today.